When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. Hello, I'm Paul Hayward. And I'm Glenn Murray. Welcome to the podcast that brings you the players, the commentators, the famous fans and the coaching staff that you want to hear from. Today's guest has been described as a metronome in midfield. After spells at Chelsea and Norwich City on loan, he came to Brighton and Hove Albion two years ago and is entering his prime under Roberto De Zerbi. In this chat... Billy mentions some world-class players he's played alongside and how much he's learned from them, preparing for a huge summer on the international scene and how kickboxing's loss is definitely football's gain. So, uh, Billy Gilmore, by coincidence, we're talking after lunch and we're talking about what a busy, industrious player you are and how many calories you get through in an average game. And I wondered about your kind of recovery programme and what do you do to get over the last game and ready for the next one? To be fair, we've got like the best, the best of it here, nutrition wise. Like recover straight after the game, like your protein drinks, what you should eat uh, straight after the game. For me, it's mostly just resting and recovering. I'll come in probably the next day if we if we have it off, chill in the house. Maybe family come down from Scotland, but most of the time we'll be in for like second day recovery. Go up to the spa, use everything there in the gym. So it's like that's part of it as well now. Like. People would say, oh, you just play, get on, go on with it next game. Well, now the game's changed so much. And there's so much into recovery, ice baths, warm baths, yeah, the masseuse part to it as well. So there's a lot of things that goes behind. Is there such a thing in football as a, a good engine? You hear this phrase all the time. And, and when you were young, did you, were you always a very athletic, very mobile, very fit young player? I think when I was younger, like I'd, done, I'd done a lot of sports. Like it was like little football clubs, cross country. I loved my cross country. Uh, athletics, tennis, anything like my mum and dad would let me go along to these like camps and play. And then ever since I was getting older, it was just something part of my game where I know I've got a good engine. I'm not the quickest, but I know I could last long majorities of tough spells and games. Mm. Do you feel as though that was a positive doing lots of other sports? Yeah, I think when I was younger, um, I tried everything from kickboxing, boxing to football, of course, and uh, it came to a point where I had to choose where it was either uh, kickboxing or football I wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. I remember my mum and dad asked me, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, of course it's football. But I still wanted to do kickboxing. I wasn't like fighting anyone. It was just like the, the workouts and the sparring. I, I enjoyed it. Um, so picked football, of course. But when I was younger, I'd done a lot of sports and cross country as well goes hand in hand. See everyone yeah. there turning up in their spikes. I was turning up in a pair of football shorts and my football boots. Yeah doing the race and then running straight up to my, my game with Rangers when I was a youngster. Well, I think we can all sit here around this table this afternoon and, and agree that you definitely made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering as well about the the way that position you play has changed over the years because some of us remember the time when, when a central midfield player was, was a screening player, you know, and you held your position and you defended the back four. And But it's a very dynamic role these days, isn't it? I mean, you, you know, you're up and down and up and down. Presumably it's much more much more interesting to play that kind of central midfield role than just a more static one. I think for me, like, growing up, I was never 
a deep line football uh, midfielder. I was always wanting to score goals and assists. I wanted to be up that end and scoring scoring goals, like not a striker, but I wanted to be involved. And I think when I've just got older, I always wanted to get on the ball anywhere and try and start play, and then forget about the position and just run straight up. And maybe that's where the engine does come into it, where I'm fit enough to get up the pitch, but remember the job backwards. And now playing in the six role, the eight role, I've got my job, and no, I know what I need to do. As much as I would love to get up the that side of the pitch and maybe create more chances and score goals. I need to remember my part of the game where it's, if this ball breaks out here in the counter, then it's down to me. And then it's the, my back line that I need to protect as well. So there's a lot of things that go into the game and when I'm being at Brighton so far, I've learned a lot off the ball with Norwich also off the ball. Just that first midfielder that you described there was pretty much your manager at Chelsea, wasn't it, Frank Lampard? Start that build-up and then just head towards the box and, I mean, he was a master at it. But, I mean, I, I look at, first of all, for, foremost, Billy, you're only 22 and it feels like you've been around forever, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and I was just looking at some of the players you play with. Obviously, we know now like the likes of Pascal Gross, uh, who's got great like spatial awareness and under, understanding of the game. You've got Lalana and Milner, like people that you can learn so much from. But then I, I look back at, at sort of Chelsea and, and Kante, Jorginho, obviously under Frank. I mean, you've played with some very, well, some exceptional midfielders, all in different sort of moulds, haven't you? Yeah, definitely trained as well, played with a lot of them. And I think it's not until you you play alongside them in a game, you actually understand how good they really are, whereas Kante is off-the-ball stuff work. Moises, very, very similar players. Uh, Alexis, when he was here, he was unbelievable on the ball. He just keeps himself, moves, moves very slowly, walks about into space, and the next minute he makes a diagonal pass or a break line pass and everyone's up in their feet standing. And I've learned a lot over different midfielders over the years. And my dad played midfield, not obviously not to a top, top level, but it's try to just get the basics as perfect as possible which is keeping the ball helping your teammates win the ball back play forward assist like that's that Sim- was my simplify aim. what is a complicated simplify, game yeah simplify what's a complicated game and try your best just to keep that keep your pass marks high but don't just go side and backwards don't be safe be brave be brave and he says and always for instance when I was, I was younger if I lost the ball two times in a row my dad says go back just one touch one touch right you've got your passes back now go back again and it's something so small that comes a far way with me in my game still. And what's it like playing with, with Pascal Gross? Because Pascal Gross didn't really start out playing that position alongside you, but it's a really good partnership you've developed, isn't it? And he's such a, a clever, intuitive player, sees the pitch, spatial awareness, as Glenn said. Um, how does it work with you and him in terms of where you go and how it operates? I love playing with Pascal. We've got a very good understanding when we're on the ball. We're both ball players who want to get forward. Um, combine well and Pascal was a really smart player you can see this season how he's helped us in big games and massive moments with the assists and the goals uh, and he's he's like the main the real leader on the pitch with Dunkey of course he's driving the boys on you can see him right to the last minute chasing down yeah. a defender when you're probably saying Pascal you can just sit off and stay yeah. with me <laughs> but that's, that's what I love about Pascal top player always enthusiastic to go and do more and go the extra length for each teammate and if you think you were to ask any of the boys in the change room uh, they would say the exact same thing 
Can you think of a position he couldn't play? Probably goalkeeper, I guess. The only one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd say that or the bench. That's probably <laughs> the only two. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to take it back to to you. Obviously, starting at Rangers, uh, starting for Chelsea, sixteen. Did you come down on your own? Yeah, I moved down on my own. Big big transition for a sixteen year old. Yeah, it was massive. I think when it, it started to come around. It was a victory shield team in England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, Republic Ireland playing the tournament. Yeah. Quite a lot of few uh, quite a few teams started to take interest and it was from then I was like, I want to go. I want to go and challenge like this is my dream. I want to yeah. play in the Premier League and end up signing for Chelsea and my, my dad told me straight away, he says it's gonna to be tough. He says there's gonna be nights where you're gonna be missing home, you might need to phone up phone me and I was like, No problem, that's fine and Went down there, we had a week at Cobham training and then we went out to La Manga to train and my mum and dad were in holiday. I never phoned them when I went to La Manga at all for like three days. So my dad phoned me, says, is everything all right? I was like, yeah, how's up? He's like, oh, just because you've not called me. And I was like, yeah, I'm cool, I'm with this person and this person. Like, just, he'd, I think they were really happy that I settled yeah. in that quick. But moved into Diggs, uh, Diggs' parents were amazing with me. That's what I mean, like the simple stuff. So going down for dinner, making sure they're, they're letting me into their family, having dinner with them, talking about how their son did at school and then how did I do at training. Like, <laughs> just, it's something as simple as that, but it makes you smile and yeah. feel really settled. If you want to come and watch a TV show, if it was, for instance, Love Island's on the now, but watch Love Island or a movie with them. I, I did feel like a real family, which was good and I enjoyed because I'm a very family person. So I think the transition was pretty easy for me and mum and dad always came down to home games and travel to away games still to now but I loved every minute of it and you were so precocious as a footballer that things happened very quickly for you didn't they Glenn mentioned the fact that you trained with the Rangers first team when you were 15 and you know that game when you were 18 years old you played for Chelsea in that FA Cup game against Liverpool and the whole country was talking about you Frank Lampard called you incredible Alan Shearer said you bossed the game and I think um uh, Jermaine Gina said on, on the BBC Billy Gilmore has looked like he's having a kickabout in the park with his mates that's the biggest compliment I can give him I'm sure it didn't feel like a, no. a kickabout but it must have felt like a bit of a breakthrough moment that to get recognised of course way. it was a massive moment for me but I was only going out there to play football this is something I've dreamed of and what's a better stage to do it FA Cup playing against Liverpool uh, I'm playing for Chelsea and my family are down watching and I remember in the tunnel I was nervous most nervous I've ever been thinking this is going to be a tough game just <laughs> just one wee touches yeah. little passes mm. but then when you gain that confidence in the game you know one touch pass and maybe you've you've switched to play and the fans are cheering you get that bit of confidence yeah. and then you just settle right into it and after that it was I just wanted more I was like yeah I can do it I said I want more of it end up playing Everton the weekend later Started, played the game, and I'm, like, I'm loving this. Covid happened, and blah blah blah. But that week was kind of a changing moment for me, where it was to push on and do more. And I suppose time into everything in football, isn't it? Yeah. And Frank Lampard at the helm, and Chelsea at that point were probably uncharacteristically giving youth a chance, weren't they? You got Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount, uh, Tamori, who'd been down here with us previous, and yourself. So, so like. If you were maybe four or five years earlier, you might not have got that opportunity yeah. because Frank was in charge. You obviously got, got that and, and ran with it. I think it was, for most of them, I think because Mason and Fikai with Darby with Frank Lampard yeah. come back and most of the boys that we were training with in the youth 
were starting to go over playing the games and there was a pathway you could see like yeah. oh, there's a chance if I'm playing well I might be getting an opportunity and went pre-season with them trained all the time with them finally got moved over and then got given my opportunity and it was just one of the points to sink or swim go and play and enjoy and with Frank Lampard Jody Morris was the assistant who I had Joe Edwards was I had at under 23s at Chelsea so it wasn't like I was going over and I was like oh, I don't know anyone I knew everyone there yeah. they knew what I, if I was having a good game or a bad game they'd seen me growing up uh, and I was just trying to get settled in loved every minute of it and very thankful for, of course, my, my debut and Frank Lampard being the manager and helping me out in that way. And I suppose you uh, you went from the very top to uh, to which was quite a negative season. You joined Norwich after being on the bench of the Champions League final in 2021 and the year after you get you get relegated with, with Norwich uh, and I suppose that just shows you the pitfalls, doesn't it? The highs and lows in football. Yeah. And, and in, a, in a way, it's a really good thing that you've learned that so early on in your career. I think with that season it was it was really it was really tough. So coming back from an injury and we've got a new manager and Thomas took a top manager and we have a, we had a top team, we went on to win the Champions League as you said. I was still getting some game time, some minutes, but I was still thinking of before injury, no, I can play, I yeah. want to do this. And I was just I wasn't gonna work. I had in goal can't play an unbelievable of course, Kovacic, Jorginho yeah. and I'm trying to play against him and have a bit of belief in myself. Uh, anyway, I go on loan to Norwich and thinking, right, OK, this is could be my season, full season, playing games. Get uh, I like how Norwich play. And it never turned out that way. But on the other hand, I learned so much. And when I think about it now, having talks with other people, Kenny McLean, who's at Scotland, Grant Hanley, it was, I can see the beneficial stuff for it now. But in the moment, I think, this is crap. I'm not playing my game. I can't get on the ball every time I'm on the ball. I'm just losing it. I'm, every pass I'm trying to play is a World Cup willy. It ain't going to work. So I was constantly defending, defending. But I never gave up on it. I tried to keep going and going. Went to the end of the season, of course, and I never worked out. Got relegated. It's a poor season. And that's where I'm like, right, I do I want to feel that feeling again? No. Right, so what do I need to change? And that was as simple as that. So when you came here, what was your first expectation to to settle in, to work your way into the side? How how kind of when you came here, were you did you feel a bit? Um, was your confidence slightly low, or did you come here ready for ready for war? No, I was quite. I was excited. Um, David Weir and all uh, Graham Paul at the time as well were on the phone saying, uh, "We like you as a player. We'd like you to come down, fit our style, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Yep, sounds good to me." Because um, I, I didn't want to go on loan again. I wanted to find a club where. I can battle for the position, play week in, week out, have a home, let's settle yeah. for it, do you know what I mean? One of the ones, I was still young, of course, but be gone on loan and I didn't want to sit on a bench and I had Scotland as well in mind where I want to be first starter for my country always and that was like my, my aims. So I came here, uh, I was excited. I remember my first training session, I was buzzing. I knew a couple of boys already, Levi and Tariq, so yeah. that helped me a lot. Uh, and then again, it's you go from a high to a low. Graham Potter goes the opposite way. Desirbe uh, comes in, and I find it very difficult to understand how he plays. And I'm thinking I'm understanding the play. Never took me until like six, seven months to actually get two games in a row, maybe under my belt under him. And this season has been a total different stage of football for me. Yeah, there's this feeling that you're really, really coming into your prime now. And is that how it feels to you under this manager in this team? 
I'm definitely enjoying my football. I'm playing a lot. Most I've ever played uh, consecutively. And he's just given me that confidence to go and express myself. And lot of the teammates around me as well, they're, they're helping me and encouraging me. And I think we've got a real good squad in there who we want to go and do something uh, together. And hopefully it can be this squad that does it. The official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. You're the um, you're the top presser in the team, aren't you? Was that right? I think you were a while, a few weeks ago. You were anyway. Top presser. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't stop running my socks off. That's for sure. I'll give anything for the team. Leave everything out there. That's part of my well, what I think I, I need to do. Run, pass the ball, get on the ball. Just the simple stuff, as we say. Is that is that not the like I the simple things a that lot you need of people to do? Go away from like the minimum is like run around yeah isn't it for instance I could for instance have a bad game not on the ball but I'll make sure that I'm still working my hardest 100% and running doing the right things even if I'm on the ball playing terrible and that's up to the manager be like I've had enough yeah come off but maybe it's just an off day but that was something I'd always give for myself or stand the team people talk so much in the game now about pressing it's a pressing game you don't need your kickboxing skills, but you, you, you know you're a great interceptor of the ball and a, and a depriver of the ball, if you like. Is, what is that based on? Is that based on timing, intuition, anticipation? Because of course, Kante was brilliant at it at Chelsea, wasn't he? He could see things three moves ahead. Do, do you think that way? Is that is that how you operate? I think for me, like I'm still learning. I'm not like Moises, who's going to go and win every tackle. He was unbelievable at recovering the ball. I'm, I'm slight, but. I think I understand the game well enough to know where I think it could go by the shape of his body or where, where's the player by scanning. So it's just kind of trying to be smart and maybe not try to be over clever and guess and then sell myself. But it's definitely something that I'm adding to my game uh, and I want to keep improving on that because I'm... It must, be very, satisfying when you, it must be very satisfying when you stop a, an attack just through... Sh- through your timing and your anticipation, you just nick the ball off him and off you go. That's yeah, there is there is no better feeling to start our attack and when when you hear the fans at the Amex when you win the ball and they're all roaring like there is a good feeling there. It gives you a confidence boost and we're going forward. We've got crew a dinger on the wing. Yeah, that, that'd be too easy, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Today, just, yeah, when you go, you've done my after my job. It's up to you guys now. So no, but there's a good feeling when you do something to pitch, the fans are right behind you and to be fair, I know in our squad as well, you can hear us on the pitch. JP, Donkey always shouting, Pascal as well. Mm. Even from the front line with Danny, like, it all comes from everyone in the team. Just want to help each other and back each other up in the pitch. Yeah, it must be, well, like, like you say, we've got a really nice balance at the moment. And when you do do your bit and you recover that ball, I mean, you've probably got too many options there. You've got flying wingers either side, you've got like Lalana or whoever in front of you uh, and Cecil will be back soon. So yep. you, that bit must be like, you've just got to pick the right pass. That's And that's the tricky part where <laughs> you don't want to stop the counter-attack and you have to know when to when to go quick, when to go slow. So it's one of the ones, but definitely do love breaking out the ball, especially when it looks like it's on a fast attack and they're going to score. You mentioned uh, Scotland, wanting to be in the Scotland team, that there's a revival in the Scotland national team, obviously, and you go into the European Championship in good nick. Do you ever allow yourself to imagine running out against Germany in the opening game of that tournament in a team that's you know in, in good shape? I mean, it's worth yeah, staying fit for, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Of course, it's net in the summer, and 
fully focus on Brighton until then. Mm. That's uh, that's the main aim. We've got a lot of opportunities to go and do something special before the summer break. So, yeah, I'm excited. And, of course, Steve Clark will pick his squad and hopefully I'm on that flight to Germany and play and help my team. But it's a, it's a good group and especially to play that opening game to V Germany would be, would be something else for sure. And potentially on the 14th of June, there could be two Brighton Hove Albion players in that opening game of the Euros yourself and you could be playing against teammate Pascal Gross a bit of a good one <laughs> it'd be nice it'd be nice to see hopefully it does happen uh, I know he's been getting called up for Germany it would be nice to see him on the other side and give him a little kick or two in there yeah quick handshake and then down down to business <laughs> <laughs> down to business yeah I mean it, it, what's happened up at Scotland what Steve Clark's done the squad he's put together and, and the youngster that come through it is, it is quite an exciting time in the country isn't it it's been exciting times, of course, with qualifying for the Euros in 2020 after so many years and then very disappointed to not get the World Cup was in the playoffs. And I think for us as a, as a whole country, we need to be qualifying for these top tournaments. We need to, we've got the good enough players, good enough staff there to do it. It's just sometimes the belief or the typical Scottish mentality, you know, oh, it's Scotland where we need to change that mentality, I think. I mean, you've represented them right through all the age groups. I think you've, you're, you're nearing your 30th cap. You still have a mental sense of pride pulling that jersey. It's, it's not got old yet, has it? No, it's definitely not. And when you're running out, I've got all my family, so that's when the majority of my family are at the games yeah. at, the Ham, at Hamden. So I get to go home and see all them, my little cousins. And I don't know, it's just something playing for your country. It's singing the national anthem. There's a, I don't know, a real sense of proud and you can see your dad up there in the stands and your mum. I don't know, I just get a nice feeling, especially when it was in the Euros. I've never sung the national anthem louder ever. <laughs> it was amazing. It's like just the feeling you get, the proper buzz and we're together. So, yeah, I loved it. Well, what, what's the aim in a Scotland shirt? I mean, obviously, World Cup. You'd like to get the World Cup, wouldn't you? But how many caps do you think you could get? A hundred? I mean, as many as possible. It's the injury free touch. Touch here would for sure, but... It's just to keep keep playing well, and if I'm playing well, hopefully I can still get picked. Surely that hundred's achievable. I mean, maybe. I maybe I've not thought about it really, have I? So well, you don't as a player, do you? you just, it's only when you finish and you look well, you've back. You got twenty three now, haven't you? Is that yeah, right? twenty three. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a couple more tournaments, then still be okay. Man. Qualify from some groups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, of course it'd be nice. Um, I just love going away with the group, and when I do get the chance to go on, it's. Uh, my buzz for me and of course maybe at the end of my career I'll start thinking right maybe if I can get this cap but I'm just really happy that Steve Clark's trusting me to go and play in the games and puts a real responsibility on, on myself to go and do well for my country I, I did notice back in the day you did a, a little Burberry campaign didn't you a while back Any, anything lined up for the Euros? Oh no <laughs> I don't think so they've not asked me anything yet no that was that was when I was young first moved to Chelsea and then um, got a phone call from my agent who's asking uh, I think I think it was because he was trying to make me settle in and see London Okay, uh, how would I like to do this I'm like he's at it so I phoned my dad <laughs> and my dad's like no you, you want fancy and I was like yeah so I'm giving it the big one yeah I'll do it blah 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 comes in like oh never thought it was like this sitting there on sort of camera makeup and stuff but it's a different experience you know what I, I actually loved it, it good. you nailed it to be fair mate <laughs> some of the pictures are <laughs> killed 
just come back to your, your Brighton job. Um, I know you were sorry to see them go, Moises Casado and, and Alexis McAllister, but I guess I guess it did open that door for you, didn't it, to get in that side and play every week and say that's my position? Yeah, of course. They went on to play for massive clubs. Both of them doing well right now. So, and it was I needed to step up. Of course, we we signed in to Hood as well, and it was competition for a place, two places that were up and. I wanted to make sure it was myself who was starting every week. And no one enjoys training all week to come to a game the weekend to sit on a bench and not get on. And that was my feeling last season. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to feel that again. So I was like, I need to work hard, make sure when I come back into training for pre-season, I'm ready, I'm at it. Uh, and so far, so good that I'm, I'm playing well, helping my team and I'm playing majority of the games. Mm. And no doubt the manager's expressed his appreciation for that as well. He, 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 he obviously... He values what you do, doesn't he? And, and, it, and you, you, does he tell you that? Or is he, is he an encouraging manager to play for? He's, in, he's told me a few times and I'm in front of the boys as well, which is, it's nice. Yeah. Um, and straight away, you just want to keep repaying him by going out there on the pitch and doing what he's asking and working hard. And if, if you're doing that, giving your all for the team, I think he's happy as a whole. But he's top manager to work with, especially with the youngsters we've got. We've got Julio coming back. Fikundo's coming on to a right game, he's playing so well. They seen Jack before his injury, so he did. He played really well out of position also. And he's just encouraging the young players to play and when they get that confidence you can see them start to shine. Is it nice playing in such a young group? Yeah. Lads like similar age, similar interests and uh, it's good. We've got we've got that good partner squad where we've got senior lads. Yeah. So we do and then we've got the youngsters and we've got like halfway in the middle. But Everyone's interests are very similar. Like I'm, I'm not nowhere near the youngest, but nowhere near. I'm in the middle, which I'm 22. I've got like 18, 17 yeah. years, thinking, Jesus. <laughs> and then you've got Donkey, Welbs, Adam Alana, and it's a good bit of banter. But going to the pitch, we all speak the same language as the manager says. Football's one language, uh, and it's as it's a good vibe to be where we are. Come in, we always have good. Sometimes we'll go out for a dinner. Uh, of course, your team nights out, everyone's here. But now we've got a really good bond. Well, hopefully this season can be extremely successful, Billy, and we wish you well in Germany in the summer. And uh, if there's any brands out there, give us a shout. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks ever so much. Thanks really very much. Nice Cheers, to meet mate. you. Great talking to you. Cheers, the official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. This podcast is a VoiceWorks Sport production for Brighton and Hove Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network.